Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Talk Podcast, hosted by Phil by Max, Not Really Mad, and Pete's Flips. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, Nick Spizak, a great Amazon seller that we have had the fortune of getting to know over the last several weeks. Um, welcome, Nick. Thanks for thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. So, do we want to start with just kind of giving the audience, you know, an intro to, to who you are, um, your journey with Amazon, and, and anything that you think that people would be interested or you know in knowing about you? And then yes. on top of that, at the end, can you please um, let me know how you feel about Red October? Oh, do we start with that? Did you put your <laughs> uh, Did you go ahead and put your tickets in for it? <laughs> no, no. You talking about the Phillies? Yeah, no, Red October. Phil's on. Okay. Okay. Are you talking about the Yeezy shoe, Red October's. Mm-hmm. Not an issue. Oh, yeah, no, nah, bro. We don't need. We don't even care about shoes. We don't do anything. <laughs> I thought you guys would appreciate a good shoe analogy, but uh, yeah. Wait, let's let Nick introduce himself. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, were, you weren't even paying attention. You were on your phone when Peter was introducing him, and now um, you're trying to. All righteous. Excuse me. I was dealing with some business over here, man. Well, this is business too. So you prioritize Nick. And everyone else first when you're all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's my here's my intro. We got the two maxes. The question is, who's the alpha max? Yeah, I'm junior, bro. I'm junior. Yeah, Yeah. that's cat. There's no question. I would hold him him at night. Yeah, I'm I'm the little spoon. Yeah, Yeah. I'm a little spoon. I like to be coddled, you know. If Max, if if Mad Max doesn't have some sort of emotional breakdown once a week, we know that something's wrong yeah like we're we know that he's right. not like he's got to go on some sort of like celsius and rate like rant or it's we should anxiety. check it on him okay it's called anxiety uh-huh when i was little i used to have panic attacks fucking twice three times a week it was brutal i haven't had one in years i'm clean i've been i'm clean now but well that that's what? because you have a 15 step sleep routine it's a total I, huberman routine I take care of myself. Look at my skin. My skin is glowing. You see I mean, oh, I'm going to look just like you. I'm on the hair. Hair. You're talking smack, but you went on my hair regimen. So I clearly did. I'm doing something right. I, I, I will say this. I think I have the nicest hair in FBA community. In in Money Twitter, I might have the nicest hair. I got gray hair. Who else would be on that list? We're getting completely off the rails. I mean, this is Nick's. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Nick. Because we're always on calls with Nick. It's like literally because we see we'll him. We'll circle back. Week. We'll circle back to the hair <laughs> comment. Every night. All right, Nick, please. The, the listeners need to know. Um, introduce yourself. Give us the rundown. Yep. So Nick Spizak, uh, work with all these guys here on the Zoom calls. So taking us back, uh, first time ever getting into anything related to reselling, similar type setup as a lot of folks doing the candy, doing the hustles on the side. Uh, my first real way of trying to figure out how to make some money was back in 99. You kids probably weren't even uh, alive back in there. Uh, OG, OG eBay account on the kids, on uh, my parents' account. Wow. Set that up. So in Lancaster, where I'm from, that's like right in the middle of Amish area. They have really good outlets out there. So I found a pair of 299 track shoes, size 13 and a half. And those went for 33. So that was that was a good flip for being a young kid at that point. So yeah, you can tell was... that the inf- inflation has really kicked in. <laughs> 99, my God. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So that was that was the first iteration. Fast forward a couple of decades, we were in COVID, and we're sitting down around Christmas time. My sister-in-law, she's like, "These PlayStations are really expensive to get," and that was like the aha moment. 
So I've, I've worked in IT for 13 years. So that's like a natural progression for me. I was like, I bet I could figure out how to get these. So that's when that's when the aha moments kind of came in and like, all right, start with PlayStations, did a lot of shoes, uh, like a lot of people in the community that was there. Sports cards, you probably see some of them back there. Um, and that was that was a great a great year and a half. Once that kind of started dying down, you could see the you know the writing on the wall for it. Amazon was a natural progression. So in February, January, I did a lot of like the learning piece, found a lot of the content of a lot of our mentors, you know, Warner, Miles, those guys. And it was like, hey, this is something that looks like a long-term scalable option. So in February, I started the coaching program and never really looked back after that point, just following the blueprint. Oh, wow. That is, that's awesome. Because I, I, I kind of grew in that same like lo- timeline. So, okay, I got some questions. Um, favorite sports card flip that you Ooh. had? Okay. 2020 edition football and I probably have to go with optics optics optic mega boxes were really freaking good so those were and we used to get those at a clip too the one the in July of 2021 I remember sitting around it was fourth of July weekend and target always did their drops on fridays yep. and it was right before they started putting order limits so you could rip orders at 10 on each account and then you just have a couple hundred accounts for that so that was <laughs> that was that was some good money those were uh, crazy days yeah. you you uh, the maxes might not be familiar but there were like people in tents outside of the targets going rip, like doing ra every every friday it was absolutely and insane it was the best because then there was some random town I saw it on Twitter of a target and dudes freaking like they're, they're like literally getting fights over a pack of sports cards. And then the target was like, all right, we're done. We're going all online. And that was like a botter's dream. Cause now you didn't have to fight with anyone and be like, Oh, we have to do, you had to be a foot soldier and sit in lines. Now it was just matter. You could be a nerd behind the computer and just rip orders. So that worked out really well. So did you do, did you do mostly then um, like unopened or did you do any like graded? No, so I mostly, so I did do, so a couple, once you kind of get into that community, you kind of learn the lingo and then get into the graded card. So I go to the, they have a sports card convention every summer and they alternate between Chicago and Jersey. So when they did the Jersey one, I did go for that. Got a chance to meet Gary V in person, which was dope because he was doing, he was promoting V, he was, he was promoting all the V friend stuff. Yep. So I was able to get a chance to meet him there and, um, but other than that, it's just, it was just wax. So anything that's sealed, they consider that as wax. And a lot of our customers were breakers. So they would go through and literally people would just be like, okay, they get onto Zoom calls like this because that's all you could do during the COVID items. And they'd be going through doing different breaks and that became like a really good niche. So you got you got a good customer base of folks that you'd work with and that's usually who would sell. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I did some graded, but... Um... I also I went to the that card show. It was it's a lot of fun. I, I went when it was in Chicago. Um, didn't hit anything great, but um, Max Max or Max, do you guys have anything? I, I just kind of got excited. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I was gonna, so I know you talked about uh you know you had that eBay account in '99. I was born in '98, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's wild. Um, damn, I should have started this earlier. Uh, but yeah, so you said '99, and then you said in COVID. Did you do anything in between? And I guess you said you know you work in tech. 
where you cause, and you also mentioned bots. So I kind of want to get the whole I want to get the whole background of kind of how you started into Amazon and why everything kind of came together the way it came together. Because for me personally, you're one of the most technical sellers that I know in just terms of software, understanding how the game is played from the back end, which is gives you a huge advantage over other people. It's very interesting to watch how you work on the Zoom calls and stuff. It's pretty fascinating. So I guess kind of go into that if you could. Yeah, that's a yeah. I think I kind of did literally skip two two decades there. Um, so I did take a, a large hiatus. Like trying to find a way to be frugal and and make money was always like a part of it. There was always something like, hey, there's a side hustle here or whatnot. Like sports were always a big part of my life. I, I played sports literally all the way up through and played baseball in college. So I feel like tying that back to Amazon, that's like a key point is just to staying consistent. So having a nine to five, having two kids, like having all the extra things that go with, hey, like this is my life, right? How do you how do you manage all of that? And sports has kind of been that founding thing. It was like, hey, you always are on a schedule. You know, these are the times that you need to do. Consistency that's there. And that tying back into the IT question that you're asking, it was being responsible. Maybe that's not the right word, but being able to at least say, okay, I know I have a passion for tech, but not right now. It's time to go learn the foundations of how to do Amazon. That's why we joined a community. That's why we're networking together is we got in a group with people that are extremely successful at doing this. Other Like go follow that. And then once you understand those fundamentals, then apply where your strengths are, but being humble enough to be like, Hey, this is a learning phase. So I, I do think I'll probably start to incorporate a lot more of that as as we go. Um, early on that, especially the first like six months, it was, hey, put it on the side, learn everything that we need to learn on the fundamentals, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Because if you're trying to incorporate tech at a high level and integrate it in with that, it's just like, it's too much. You got to get the foundations you know, laid first and then you bring that back. So that makes perfect sense. Because yeah, I could definitely see you going down the, you know, software out. And I'm sure you probably already have tons of thoughts swirling all the time about different things you see that you could improve or add on to. So that is interesting. But I guess a lot of people too, you're talking about you have a family and you work a nine to five. Can you talk about that balance a little bit? Because there's a lot of people that probably don't want to start and say, oh, I don't have time. But you have multiple kids, right? And yeah, right. I assume I think you said that. Two two kids. you know, full nine to five corporate life, and you still find time to do this. So when people say they don't have time, what does that really mean? You know, they may not be good at scheduling things or how do you kind of divvy that up? And what's a typical schedule like that for you? So my wife and I, that was the very first conversation we had with it is, hey, if we're doing this, we're both former athletes, right? If we're doing this, we're obviously doing it 100%. So it's going to be a commitment and she's my rock with that. Right. So we have, we get, we do the routine to get the kids out the door to do our normal thing during the day. We, we always try to be five to seven or seven thirty is family time. And then I start the night eight to 12 and just stay consistent with the eight to 12 routine for that. And I think that that's super key is just knowing what is your routine sticking to that routine. And when there are times where, Hey, it's not easy, right? <laughs> you know, it's simple. It's not easy. We always hear that. But I think putting it into practice is just knowing that if you stay consistent over a period of time, you cannot fail. <laughs> if you keep going, you're not going to fail with that. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it, it kind of leads into like why um, things like we met at ASD, right? And mm-hmm. then things 
like it was kind of slow. We created some group chat, stayed in touch. And then it was like, well, why don't we hop on a zoom? And it lined up. Cause everybody's like, we've got three people in a nine to five. And then I would, I mean, Max is grinding his, his thing. Right. He's like kind of got a different schedule than us. Um, but it naturally fits. So like we're hitting the zooms almost every night and it's a lot of fun. And it, I'm surprised at how with everything that you have going on, like nine to five plus kids and the, uh, and the Amazon, like you just keep ripping it out and you're always, you're always like dialed. So it's, that's super impressive. Extremely yeah, impressive. I mean, that's a tribute to, to our, our groups that we have too, right? It, 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 you hear it's all the time, but it is so true. It is way more fun when you have folks down in the trenches with you doing it together, as opposed to doing it by yourself, especially when you're tired like and you, you don't have a whole lot of sleep some nights and to be able to say okay well the boys are on the call right now like the guys are out there and we're ripping like this is what we're doing tonight yeah. i think that's that's super important to to have that well and like since like we started to do zooms like you kind of can't miss one because if you do you're going to miss out on like a lot of opportunity because someone's going to find some something like mm-hmm. i feel like every time we hop on there's something that's found yeah it keeps crazy. you accountable, right? Because yeah. the same thing, you're going to get ripped. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. going to get ripped, rightfully so. Yeah. But that's that's kind of the mark of a, a like a high-functioning group where you can rip somebody, but it's it's in, it's in like, I want the best for you sort of vibe to it. Um, but so, like, how did, um, how did, like, back to school season go for you? Like, was that, did you feel good about it? Were there any opportunities? How did that go? So looking back on it, you can always say I should have did more. Uh, I think a big piece of that too, right? So did did very well, did 96. I didn't meet the goal. And so I had this moment, I was looking at the numbers across them. And I was like, I didn't hit my 100K goal. And then I looked at my year chart and saw the progression on that. And I was like, all right, there's a bigger picture here. It, It was the... I'm competing against myself. I'm like, Hey, Oh, I didn't hit this goal. But then you look at the numbers of like 2k to five to 10 to 25 to fit, like the consistent growth month over month. And then to hit 96 was like, all right, well, that was still a big win. And the takeaway for that is next year's back to school, not missing. Like at that point, there won't be a mess at that point because you have the experience, you know, what, the items are to focus on you know what you should have bought more of what you probably could have bought less of and that just comes with the experience of of being being in the routine and doing the work that we're doing in this first year in as business owners yeah and i think you'll know the timing you'll know when to deploy capital you'll know when the best prices are going to be available so yeah i mean round two that's going to be the real show the first round you're just kind of you're figuring it out and your margins are probably lower. You're learning everything. Um, so round two, that's going to be exciting mm-hmm. for that's sure. That's what I'm so excited for for Christmas. I mean, I'm definitely nervous, but I, you know, the real outcome of this December is going to be next December and yep. seeing how this goes because then you can sit back and really plan like, oh, man, next back to school. Just from what I saw, um, dude, easy 200 next next uh, August. Easy, easy. Maybe no panic attacks, too. <laughs> I had one major one. Dude. I was like, or canceling your ticket to ASD. You know, it, it happens, you know? Sometimes you get the fat finger, and it just cancels by accident, you know? It, it wasn't. No, you could say the fat finger. You could say that there was water on your iPhone. You did that wholeheartedly. You were committed I have to a, it. I have a cracked screen, so. 
Bro, if you, if you don't have a crack screen at Amazon, you're yeah, probably not really an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to run up a million dollar net worth on a cracked iPhone. I'm not getting a new phone until I make a million dollars. And it, Miles gonna... has a cracked one too. I was I was about to tweet this. You look okay. at the best sellers; they got cracked iPhones and they got bum like sneakers. Like they've worn their sneakers well past their expiration date. It's a mark. I swear it's a mark. We sell new stuff. We don't wear new stuff, man. No. Come on now. Hey, that, that's a motto: the supplier, not the consumer. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, they talk about drugs, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> Nick, you know do you ever take in uh, recreational I can see you with a uh, – no, you know what? You're, I can see you on the golf uh, – what did I do? I don't even know what the – golf course, I guess. Is what, that's what they call yeah. it, right? That's how much mm-hmm. of a sport I know about. That's I don't know anything about sports. I'm like the least athletic person that's athletic. Yeah, I can see you about. kicking a fat kid at Kmart, to be honest. <laughs> going up there and just punting that motherfucker. Big cigar. Are you a big cigar guy? Love cigars. Uh, I, I smoked some cigars when I was uh, in college and a little post, post-college action, but not really anymore. No, we know Max. I'll get you back in there. I do, I do like an occasional beverage, though. So that, that, that I do like. So I do, I do like an IPA here and there, but the cigars not as much anymore. Oh, yeah. I can see Max ashing out on one of his employees. Like, <laughs> work harder. Work harder. <laughs> no, he tr- max treats his employees like they're his children yeah they're all my sons yeah <laughs> you care for them deeply are you ready for work son that's what that's creepy that that that's that's the creepy yeah, that voice oh, okay, yeah. you probably should clip that we'll probably leave it in but we'll leave it it mm, we can clip um, it, we clip it. <laughs> no, we're not gonna cl- no you you own that that's that's on you you can deal with the, the backlash of that mm. I can't wait to see Cat in the Sprinter van. Showing up in the Sprinter van, he's going to have one of those reflective freaking uniforms on and then trying to try to show up in the in the Carhartt and whatnot. That'll be your style. Yeah. A nice, nice Sprinter van. Oh, yeah, bro. I like to dress warm. I get cold a lot. Um, so, like, Poor I'll, be in, I'll be in the Carhartt with the boots, with the Tims on, steel toe, mm-hmm. nice pair of jeans. I actually keep ripping my jeans, so I got to go get more. Right Levi's guy or what? Nah, so yo, cheat code American Eagle Flex Fits. It's like you're wearing sweatpants in jean form. I'm not- and you're also, it's like you're about to go to your freshman year of high school, but yeah, I mean, I yeah, should- I was gonna say, I'm not really crazy about those. Yeah, I haven't looked at American Eagle in like in years. Aeropostle, you a big Aeropostle guy? Oh, you, I you oh, a big Aeropostle person. No, he, he, go, he goes oh, in the Hollister and he can't see anything he's picking out, and that's why he looks the way he does. The only <laughs> thing I wear from any of those stores is American Eagle jeans because I think that they fit nice. They make they make me feel good. All right, no judgment, no judgment. Yeah. Um, so Nick, I'll start judging everybody. everybody. Was that? I'll start judging everybody. I know it. I know too much about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I know way too much. Uh, when the podcast drops, uh, Max is going to go on a rampage on Twitter to get even. Um, but Nick, do you have aspirations of wholesale in the new f- near future? Are you planning for that? What does that landscape look like for you? Q1, I think, will get more serious. So I'm about, I'll say, 98 OA, 2% wholesale right now. Um, I mean, you guys know, with the exception of Mad Max, we went to ASD and uh, got a chance to have the first – so I think this is a good takeaway for the audience, right? There's different types of trade shows that you go to. 
there's distributor trade shows, which is what ASD Marketplace is, and then there are brand-based trade shows. So got the opportunity last week um, to be able to go to Expo East, which was in Philadelphia, and did learn the lessons from from ASD, come prepared, make sure you have your sheets, you know your products, your price points that are there. Didn't know any of that. I mean, you knew certain items from trying to make sure to listen to good content from all of our mentors, how to get prepared. But until you go and you start talking to suppliers, that's really the learning item. Went into Expo East with that playbook in mind and I was like, whoa, this is different. These are brands. So on the fly, make the pivot to, hey, I'm a nerd, right? So I had an iPad with me. I was like, time to fire up Smart Scout, go on the floor, find out what these brands are. Is there a couple products that they have? And use that as part of the discussion. And I think that was that's super important is as you're making the transition or you want to get into wholesale, at least in my perspective, the trade show route is great because it's a lot harder to get say no to you in person and you have more of an opportunity to, you know, to kind of get through those no's than a phone call where they can hang up on you or an email where they're not going to even respond to you. So right. long-winded answer to say, yeah, I think wholesale is in the immediate future. I think as we get into Q1 of next year, have some more time to kind of focus on that. I think we'll spend a lot more um, trying to look into those types of accounts. Have you given any thought to like a 3PL route or a warehouse in the future? Are you trying to do this remote thing? Are you thinking about, opening up a warehouse or we know max is going to own like a sweatshop with a bunch of people working <laughs> just wondering what your route was going to be i'm just going to send it over to cat you know where he, when he sets up his warehouse over there we'll just pump volume out of it oh yeah we'll trap we'll trap a bunch of like a bunch of fucking people in there and we'll just we'll just keep them there the entire time like we'll not be we'll, we'll let them get sunlight like once a day about 30 minutes no, they can't live like you the problem the problem that you have max is that all of your like warehouse employees are all starting to sell on amazon and they're gonna say nah at some point dude it's, ju it's just been me for um like a past past month but i've been sending a lot of stuff to uh to danny because big tan's over at school now so i'm on my own out here just lonely main huncho is gone but yeah but I've been visited. i don't know huh Nick, you think if you open a warehouse, you want to do all remote? No, nah, I'll do. So I think, so my, my longer term vision for that will stay 100% prep. I don't see getting into the warehouse business as my primary focus. I mean, we kind of talked about it before. Software will likely be the avenue strategically that I would go into. Um, we're currently looking into, it's, I, I say private label, but I say it as an R&D activity. Um, working to get brand registered, to go through the USPTO process of so what you need to do for setting up your, your trademarks for your brand and your logo for the intention of what learned at Expo East, right? It's way easier to have conversations with brands if you've been in their shoes and can position those types of things. So it's very much a, I, I learn by doing, and I think a lot of you guys are the same way, right? You learn way more by doing it. So going through that process, potentially putting a private label out there is going to make it way easier to have conversations for brand direct. And I think that my longer term goal is going to be, there's going to be a moment in time where that aha moment is when talking to the community, like, Hey, there's a need here in the marketplace uh, for some sort of optimization or a software there. And I think that's going to be the direction that I want to go is building things that people want and filling, filling a need in that space. 
that makes a lot of sense. And I think that like whenever I, I, I listen to you, I feel like you're like corporate experience has like primed you to just like hit the ground running. Cause you, you, you seem to like operate at a higher level than a lot of people that are like starting out. Um, and so like, I just, I see how you're just like getting into the weeds and like, you are going to put just a really nice ripple into the space given enough time. So I, th I feel like that's very unique to you. I, I don't see that very often, but just wanted to mention that. You're the most professional and, uh, like smooth people that I've seen operate. Like everything you do is extremely high level and not, I feel like you, a lot of people and me included for sure, I definitely kind of started this as a hustle and I want to transition it into a business. I feel like you kind of just started it as a business and steadily grew it. Or, you know, there's a lot of people that come into this space and kind of hustle. I don't get that energy from you at all. Nothing about you feels hustle except for your work ethic. Everything else is super. <laughs> I thought I was gonna call him Blazy or something. <laughs> I was gonna be like, "Yo, bro, what are you talking about?" Like, Ryan and I here. Exactly. Hustle with it. He's too smooth with it. He's too smooth with it. Yeah, it's just, it's just everything is like super calculated and very clean, and it's like it's refreshing and cool to see. That's why I like just watching you work. Dude. I pick up so much stuff from just seeing little tiny in between the lines stuff things that you do. You know. So I'll say what um, everybody's trying to say here is we're your biggest fans. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah, I'm a fan. Is that all right to be a fan? What's wrong with that? I think you be fans of your friends. Yeah. You should uh, tell Nick your hair care routine. He, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need a little bit of improvement area now. That was the best tweet, by the way. The Mr. The Mr. Clean response oh yeah that was I, I lost i lost it all that i was like that that's a good one right there <laughs> have you thought about flying a turkey what's that have you thought about flying a turkey uh no <laughs> you, what does but that you even mean quality, though. like you have a good head shape like it works what yeah. does that even mean i don't like, know so I, that's why i said that's why i said no i had no idea what the hell he was talking about <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, i can nick out on the daily no no <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Turkey is where they do all the hairline transplants. Yeah, there's no shot. I'm owning this at this stage. You can rock a baldy. That's the thing. My head is like indented, bro. I'd look crazy, dude. Right? You think he's Joe Buck with the hair plugs? Like, what? What is happening? Oh no, bro. I gotta ask. It's 2023, almost 2020, 24. You know, so <laughs> you can fly to Turkey for like three grand and get the piece, bro. Have you seen uh, Tory Lanes? Is the only mainstream person i can think of that just came back with the crazy hairline maybe lebron i think too i don't know i'm not into sports but i've heard that that he got a fake hairline oh yeah 2012 lebron his hairline was back here yeah apparently it's moved up which is interesting you know it happens the only headpiece is the hats just rock the hats that's the go-to yeah usually a phillies hat right you're a big phillies fan i can see with the shirt yeah big, big phillies fan so i do have a lot of different hats i used to wear a lot so like had game or anyone that said it's like 5950s and those are like some of the main ones that are there but i kind of switched over to that and so now it's just whatever backwards hat throw it on whatever's comfortable and roll with it um, back to not to change the subject but i was thinking about this i forgot to ask you this with the private label stuff you know what i was thinking about too is i have a meeting tomorrow at 10 a.m with a, a pretty big seller who does like he has his own warehouse and stuff like that and approaching brands that you did like I think uh, I want to say Garrett works with a few brands, maybe exclusively. And I was wondering how that worked through a 3PL. Cause I figured that like, if I was a brand personally, I would be very, very hesitant to sign with someone on it and have them exclusively on Amazon. If they didn't run their own warehouse and 
package my goods themselves and if they had like a third party. So I was wondering if that was a conversation or if you've thought about that at all or. Yeah, I think so for that one. So 3PL, I would have no problem doing that. Right. So one, one of my cousins runs that type of business. Like he has that setup. Like I could use that as his experiences in those to say, Hey, how do you set those types of things up? So I think that's one of the items is knowing, knowing within your network and people that have, have those, how do you apply it? And I think it's a valid question too, right? If a brand owner has those concerns, take them back and then ask, ask with your 3PL providers, Hey, I have these, these brands, these are their requirements. What do we need to do to make sure those requirements are met? And when they're not, what is the compensation back for that? So that's part of the negotiation piece, just like you're having negotiations with brands to set up what their needs are and how you provide value to it. There, that type of process of being a business center, you got to do with your partners too, whether that that's your prep centers that you're talking to, whether that's, you know, if, if, if you're like Kat and he's going to have his team going through and to set up his warehouse, knowing how to set expectations, whether it's your sourcing team, right? So who you have there, being able to, to have those conversations, what are their career goals? It comes down to communication at the end of the day. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I, I haven't really thought about that conversation deeply. You mentioned also like sourcing teams. At what point did you get a VA and at what point would you recommend most people get a VA? Because this is something we've kind of, we were sprinkling in the air, but we kind of ended up not following through with that. <laughs> Pete's going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> It's a, it's a good question, right? So um, in our in our coaching program, uh, one of our buddies, Ted, he reached out. And he was doing it a little bit before me and said, hey, do you want to split a VA? And I thought that was like a good a good way to approach it, especially if you're unsure. So if, if you're going and you want to dabble, then you have a couple of different people that are, you know, they split a couple of VAs. You have different perspectives. You can teach them at different times. You can review the leads. So I think that's a good, a good approach. I, I would definitely say that that might have been a little early in the journey. I feel like the types of conversations I have with our team now are much more fruitful because we can dive into the fundamentals and talk talk one part about their career, where they want to go, and then the other part of, okay, this is the expectations. These are the KPIs we're looking for. Here's our standard operating procedures. If you have a question, uh, let me do a quick Loom video on it. And, and using that as, as the, as the way to do it, like you can't jump in early. You're just, you're wasting your own money. You don't even know how to do it yet. Right. It gets back to the fundamentals. If you don't know how to do it, how are you going to teach someone else how to do it? Yeah. Open. That's, that, that's a huge like struggle or a misconception. I think that's out there is that you should automate the business before you've even run it. Like you've really got to be in the weeds of it before you think about it. Um, but yeah, Max, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what uh, monthly revenue did you hit before you got introduced to that? Uh, it was about 10K at that point. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty early. For it, was early. it was early. And I think that was part, yeah. I think we kind of we were able to kind of get by with just like the, the knowledge there, but looking back on it, it was it was probably earlier than, than should, but I don't regret it because you need to go through the learning of how to, how to, how to operate your, you, operating your team, right? That's, that's so important. Right. And you hear it on all of our, our favorite mentors, podcasts and tweets and things that are on there, right? They're people, they're part, they're, they're a part of your team and, and being able to motivate and find out what motivates them is, is an important part of that. And then the tactical or the technical of Amazon is just one piece in that puzzle. In, term, in terms of training, how did that work when it first, did you get someone who had zero Amazon knowledge or someone who had previously worked for an Amazon seller? How, kind of how did that work? 
Yeah, previous previous experience for that one. I think as we expand our team, I do like having um, bringing on new members that are new in there at this, at this stage in the game. I don't know if I would recommend that for your first one because it's kind of good there. But I think at this stage in the game, you bring them up with the types of values and the processes that you want. So they're organically grown. You can bring them through. I think there's a good mentality to say, hey, you're you're coming in as a sourcing analyst right now, but if your goal is to move into something with either administration or you want to be in purchasing or you want to do operations related, here's the path to get there. And oh, by the way, here's our current person that's there that you can learn from to get onto that journey. So I, I think that my position on if you're newer in that is probably, hey, start with someone that's there. And as you get more experienced, if you have good systems, which hopefully that's what you're aspiring to do, bringing them in and from the from the ground up is a good approach for that because then you get the type of person on your team that you want in your culture did did you have any experience in management in your corporate experience uh so i am in the current roles i've come through technical leadership for that so i did have different different roles and in corporate where uh, officially or unofficially in, in those capacities. I've always been naturally more on the, the technical side where I like that aspect of it. But as my career's kind of gone, it's been less with doing the work and more with motivating others to do it and and being a good storyteller. Like literally my, my job is to tell really good stories and paint pictures. Like that's, that's the easiest way to do it at this stage in the game is what's the vision and how do we get there? And that, that, those types of qualities directly correlate to what we do yeah. right you can if you can articulate clearly before max rudely interrupted you you were talking about systems uh, sops and this and that and that ding 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 crazy frog but you're, I, think, I think Pete's question was, did I have management experience yeah. in my corporate job? Yeah, I, I would say it's, it was, it's now more in a formal capacity. It was more informal. And, and most of that just came with, honestly, it always comes back to the sports analogy. Like you're a part of a team. You move into a role as you get older where you have responsibilities. That translates into corporate. And the same type of qualities relate into being business owners and having your own team. But this stuff is way more fun. And it's yours. So there, the passion for it is a lot more. So were you, I'm big into baseball. Were you an outfielder or like a shortstop? Shortstop. Yep. I could tell. No, like he's just the leadership. You can tell. Um, an right. important role in baseball. Yes. <laughs> it's like the captain of the field. You could just tell, like you could tell by the mannerisms that he either was like a center fielder or a shortstop. Well, it's always good at baseball because I would always go chase the butterflies and stuff. <laughs> my parents, my parents pulled me out of baseball. That's why they threw you into wrestling because it's a fight or flight thing, and it finally tapped into of what you, were. you. They they threw you in wrestling because you're stuck in that circle. You can't leave. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no. It's indoors. No. No butterflies out there. There's space to wander in there. But I just I actually did have a couple more questions before I don't know we're wrapping this up or whatever. But. What did the hands-on training look like for the VA? I'm kind of curious about this. I've heard a few different people go different routes, but like the first couple months, were you on a phone call on Zoom once a week, a couple times a week for an hour at a time, uh, a lot of Loom videos, kind of, I guess, what, what did that look like? This is my favorite thing to talk about. Uh, I, I love 
te- I love training and teaching because you learn more yourself by teaching than anything yep. else. Like True. when you're forced to write up, do, do the looms and explain some of the technical details, I'm in my head going, shit, do I actually know what I'm talking about here? And then have to go back through, relearn it, or at least affirm what you learned and then go and do the video. So um, how training looks like for our team, the way that we start with that is we would, we would do, I have, uh, I use Confluence as our, as our technology. It's, it's used for standard operating procedures. So we have standard operating procedures that are laid out by, by job functions. So if you're sourcing, there's a section in there that talks about different sourcing things, coupons, different site sales that would be going on, sales cycles. And then we put Loom videos that have tags based off of the type of job responsibility. Um, our purchasing analyst was actually our first sourcer. And I think that's an important thing for promoting within is we talked to him and said, career wise, what, what do you want to do? Like, what is, and I think it kind of caught him off guard at first because thinking through like, Hey, what is your next step or what's your vision? And he talked a lot about, Hey, I really want to do purchasing. So that was a good feedback loop for us to say, all right, if you want to get to purchasing, what are those steps you need to take to get there? Cause it's not, we're not just going to hand over the credit card tomorrow to do that. So the way we went through that process was, all right, let's do this as a three-month plan. Month one, we do all of our sourcing through through Airtable. So there, Airtable templates. So as Ali comes in, you can click click the button within Celeramp that will go ahead and populate the Google Sheet. Google Sheet then uses um, an integration called If This Then That that writes it into Airtable, and that populates into our deals to review. And essentially what that does is when we vet those, the first thing we would do is we'd mark them as approved and say, this is the amount of quantity and this is where I want it sent to. And then our purchasing analyst learned how to do that by going through the purchasing process practically. Then month two is we created a column that was called purchasing analyst reviewed. So switching the roles, right? Teach how to do it and then watch them do it. What do you think the quantity is and should we buy it? And that starts to reaffirm, okay, the positive behavior, you can give the feedback on it. And now we're at the point where we're still using that as the mechanism for purchasing, but it's getting to the point now where he's able to go in and understand what type of depth we're looking for and the products to buy. And his goal now is to become a head of operations, which is some of the things he's looking at now is not just, hey, was it profitable, but is there another site that I could have bought this on? And are there links for wholesale that we can reach out to? And that's an expectation of an operations person is you're not just thinking about how to do your purchasing. What's the other way to get growth in the business? And that's part of the long-winded answer to say that's how we do our training is we do a combination of Loom videos. Um, We're looking to leverage, promote from within. And what do you want? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your career goal as a member of the team and try to tailor it to that? Yeah, the Loom videos are like really powerful. I've actually started to incorporate like that in my nine to five a lot because it just like it scales your time so much more. And rather than getting repeat questions, just point them to the video. If you have questions about it, we can change the video. But those things are fantastic. Dude, you and Corey, I would love to see you and Corey have a conversation because Corey. We have. Yeah. Have you? You've been on Corey's? No, I haven't been on his podcast, but I've met Corey. Oh. Yeah, met him out of the Oh episode. yeah, dude, you guys would have a great podcast because he's very technical too. Like his the way he has everything set up and his the way his money is cash flows and stuff. It's very intricate. 
and there's a bunch of different layers to it. You guys, oh, dude, that would be such a good podcast for the Amazon community. You guys need to do that, dude. There would be so much exchange there, dude. I'd also like to see you, dude, you should really, I know you got a lot going on, but man, all this stuff is, there's no one that teaches like systems, SOPs and stuff like that. There's a lot of people that teach you how to source, how to do this, how to start, but there's really no one in the space who understands and teaches SOPs. So I think I could be in for you to do at some point. I know you got a lot going on, but like I, I would point, right? You guys and, and that was I wasn't doing content, right? And and it was you guys that said that, like, yo, this is a good tip. You should put that out there. You have so much value. That, that's the value of being in the community, right? Like I, I didn't even think that that was something that would be valuable to the group. So like that feedback loop in itself, like, hey, okay, this is something that's meaningful that other folks would would gain from. I didn't even think about that. Like I, I, in my head, I was just like, oh, well, is that just like part of everyone's flow? But in reality, it's, it's, it's value that you can provide. Yeah. The few, the few like loom videos that you've put on Twitter are probably some of the sauce right. around. They're very, very good. Like just easy things that can make your life like 10 times easier. Very well said. Um, but yeah, no, it's lethal combo. You loom and Twitter, um, over time, but, um, what are your uh, what are your Q four goals? I'm not setting one, and, and I don't mean that to be like oh, a oh you should have goals. I don't want to undercut the goal. I guess is what I want to like going into this. If I set like oh I want to do two hundred or I want to do three hundred, I it's our first time going through it. So my goal for that is to be as prepared as possible and go as hard as possible and see what happens for this first one if and and see where where it lands because i think that was going back to what we were talking about with back to school right i set a goal of 100k and for a brief period of time i felt disappointed in not hitting that goal and this go around the learning lesson from that is i'm not going to set a goal i'm going to make sure that we're collectively as prepared as possible back to sports analogy right we work hard every single day so by the time it gets to the point where we're in the trenches for that can look at it in, in January and say, you know what, this was a pretty successful year and feel good about that, regardless of what the, whatever the final number is that shows on the orange bar. That makes sense. That makes sense. Age ain't nothing but a number. Good quote by R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My guy, minus the, minus the egregious, uh, acts of whatever he was doing but the music is great yeah you really hate to see it because you just feel a little weird <laughs> yeah, i feel a little guilty how come they don't have that with with michael jackson you can bump michael jackson and you're completely fine but if i pull on uh little arkells i get i start to feel a little weird you gotta roll up the this, this is this is a conversation that belongs in your journal not the podcast no. <laughs> it is what it is no. just keep those know. thoughts inside your head just don't say those out loud. I, I can't, but that's how I get panic attacks. I need to <laughs> I need to expel them. Otherwise, they, they boil up and then I explode. So, I kind of like just going back to what Nick said about um, setting goals and whatnot. I think I'm taking like the opposite approach to you, Nick. And I feel like it's good to just know that, um, you know, everybody runs their store different. Um, like we kind of we, we developed the whole thing called Billy Bob. That's not Nick. That's not what he does. Like he, he, he talks, like he has systems, he has everything like in place. Um, but like, on the other hand, I just do things. And then, you know, I mean, I, I'm educated. I educate myself as much as I can. And then I just 
go full fledged like zero to a hundred. Like you don't um, need to. Yeah, it's cool, bro. But that's huge, cat, right? That's that's the balance that you need, right? And so, yeah. what are we talking about? What's the question that you get asked, or you were even asked in before, which is how much should I buy, right? It comes down to fundamentals, tells you what to buy, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the day, how much to buy comes from conviction and your network saying, "Don't be a bitch." Like that's yeah. the <laughs> yeah. that's the just do it mentality. That to to be fair, like. I'm not naturally in that. I'm going to be a little bit more cautious and calculated on it. Yeah. But the balance is cats like, dude, this is just go do it. What's the matter? That's super, that's super true. Uh, my boy, <laughs> Peter G was in the DMS yesterday asking how I do analysis around going deep on products. And I was just like, well, I'm just trying to one up the rest of the group. So if they do X, I'm doing X plus 10. That's really <laughs> it. Like, and then like it has to, the fundamentals have to be there, but the, it's kind of just, uh, ego coming into play there and then us kind of yelling at each other and we make it work. Yeah. So I'm just going to set a goal that's uh, absolutely stupid for December and then probably fall short of it. But then if even if I fall short of it, it'll probably be crazy in the retro screen, in the re- re- retrospect. Yep. Nick, do you, are you going to be FBMing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, he's not Deke. He doesn't have pretty boy hands. We're, we're, we'll be in the trenches ripping. Deke's FBM and he's just going to pay his little cronies to do it. Deke's in a great position because he's super young and, and really successful for his age. So he can pay bum ass wages to his college friends because they just want to, you know, crack a bottle at the end of the weekend. You know, they don't get 20 bucks. Hey, it's the lunch money. You go get a sub five finger, Johnny Jared, the sub guy, rest in peace. I think he's actually still alive, but you know what I'm saying? They don't need a lot of money. I got to pay, you know, a couple people over here. I'm probably looking at like labor. 25 an hour? No, no, kick rocks, like 20. But still, I mean, you know, that's, I can't complain, though. That's still not that bad. You know, because I, I did it out, and I was like, all right, they work eight hours, da, 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 this per month, how many profit packages they're going to package, this, it's like nothing. So it's fine. But, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. PA wage, you guys, you can get away with paying people like eight bucks, nine bucks, whatever. We also don't live in a, like, major city like Boston. So <laughs> there is that. Dude, I, mean, I, I moved away from the city. Even worse. Even worse. In the it's, suburbs of Boston, I could only imagine what the wages are like over there. Brutal up here, dude. You can't even live. Like, you're like you're a peasant on 100K up here. It's like, it's crazy, dude. That's wild. I'm a peasant yeah. then. Yeah. It, same. It is, same. So no <laughs> Literally the wage. <laughs> I'm a, I would be a peasant out east. Um, but cool. Well, Anything you want to close on? Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Oh, that's a that's a good one. Um, I'd the, big, the biggest thing is I think we hit on it before, right? You it, you don't fail if you never quit. So I think that's the biggest thing is as a takeaway for, for people listening. The first few months are a freaking grind, but all good things are going to be hard. And I think just being able to, to have the wherewithal and the determination to say, all right, well, we're going to do this. There's tons of nights you didn't find anything. And you're like, all right, eventually this is going to turn around. So I, I think that's key. Anyone that's listening that's newer in the process, like if you just stick with it, you're going to start having success. Yeah. It doesn't get Garrett. easier. You get better. Garrett has my favorite quote on this. And I actually kind of adopted this mentality. And I heard Garrett verbalize it. And I thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to steal that. Um, and it was like, new sellers, just hold your breath for 90 days. 
You know, the first 90 days I started selling on Amazon, I didn't expect anything. I literally was just finding products to break even on just to proof of concept it. Like I didn't even care, right? So if you just hold your breath for 90 days, something will come of it if you really put your mind to it and you really put your nose to the grindstone and put in the work that is required to show outcome. You know, that's definitely important. It's not just 90 days and I'm going to work here and there. Like you're definitely going to have to work for it. But if you, I guarantee you, if you're a smart individual and you're somewhat of an intellect and you can pass a GED level course, level course, I see, I sound like an idiot when I try to uh, articulate myself well. We can call that the bar isn't that high as Max goes up. The bar is not high. Look at me, baby. I'm rich. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, just just work hard, bro. That's it. Let's, yeah. yeah. Evil has my favorite um, quote about Amazon. Who? Uh, it's like, it's, it's a winner's game. You only lose if you quit. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. No, I was about gambling. <laughs> all right with that with that we're gonna wrap up uh you can find nick at nick's underscore um check out his his uh tag in the youtube video but thank you all for listening thanks for having me guys